Today's guest is someone that I met at the very beginning of my journey. And I cannot wait to have this conversation with her. She holds a special place in my heart because of her link to education. So we have that in common. She's an incredible leader. She's got all kinds of experiences that I cannot wait for you to hear about in today's podcast. Introducing our guest today, Dr. Stacey Gonzalez. She is an accomplished educator, innovative founder, seasoned coach, and sought after consultant. She began her career as an English teacher, holds master's degrees in literature and organizational leadership, and a doctorate in educational technology. Stacy possesses a remarkable ability to uncover hidden talents in others and guide them towards fulfilling their potential. With a visionary mindset, she combines strategic and operational processes to ensure alignment at every level of an organization. And as a passionate founder, she is dedicated to building exceptional cultures and education systems through her startup venture that we get to talk about today, Enlightened, a curated community of heart-led, self-aware leaders dedicated to solving the nation's education crisis. Because ladies and gentlemen, if anybody gets it, Dr. Stacey Gonzalez does. Stacey's expertise extends beyond coaching, though, uh, as she also offers valuable insights as a consultant, assisting organizations in achieving exponential growth, both individually and collectively. Her diverse roles, people-first approach, and extensive experience make her a valuable guest on the People Priority Podcast, where she's going to share with us today. Stacey, thank you so much for coming on. Oh my gosh, this is like such a pop-up. You are so good at intros. So, I mean, you know what? I just... I like getting to talk about the people that I'm so excited to have on. So thank you for spending time yeah. with me today. Of course. Of course, I'm glad. Okay, we have to start with one of my favorite things about you, and then we can get into all of the other cool parts. But enlightened. Stacey, yeah. tell me about this. This is this is legit incredible. Education needs you and needs this. Tell me about it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I um, you know, I was speaking the other day about my dad used to be um a building engineer for Chicago public schools. Mm-hmm. And he would bring us home kits of stuff that they were throwing out and we'd play with it in the basement. We had like a little chalkboard. He brought an old chalkboard. And so like, I really had been in and out of schools my entire childhood. Mm-hmm. And teaching, which I don't think is very well respected as much then my generation, I'm a Gen Xer. It was still a highly, people did have a really respect for teachers. It wasn't like we were community involved and you know who in your neighborhood was teachers. Like, I feel like now we're like, oh, everybody's a teacher, Miss so-and-so. But like, and all that to say, I've watched education change from mm. bare, from no technology, from flip phones, from literally when I was in high school, typewriters. I took three years of typing in high school. That's not a joke. I was on a slate to be a clerical secretary. And I was never told I was good at math or science. And so I lived through a lot of the things I think our younger generation maybe takes for granted, but our older generation doesn't understand. And so there's a gap. There's a gap in where our leaders are at, what they're facing in the political landscape, and where our kids are at. And so I bring leaders together, both inside and outside of public education. And it's nice to make you know, technology for kids or whatever, but we have to support these leaders that are leading education. So thank you. Thank you for asking the question and getting me into my yeah. area of 
passion. So that's, yeah, that's where I, I started. I couldn't agree more though about the gap. Mm-hmm. The gap got worse during COVID and because of COVID mm-hmm. in my mind. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Talk to me more about what your hope is that you can do for school districts with Ed Lightened. Yeah. I feel like the gap piece, right? Like where, you know, when you ask me that, I'm not sure there's so many gaps. Yeah. Right. Right. And so there's gaps between just the, you know, like I live in Illinois, the unions and administration, right? Like just communication is so broken and people don't feel safe. In school, psychologically safe, emotionally safe, physically safe, yeah. right? And so I get to, you get to work from home. You get to create your space. You get to feel good in your space. That's why I'm sitting in my space, inviting people, yeah. right? And schools don't have that luxury. Like we're sending kids and people in there in these uh, pressure cooking situations. And so uh, I, I, there's so many, when we say the gaps, there's so many of them that um, it's complicated, but I know I was always a really good leader and had the best interests of my kids at heart in the school and the teachers and the people. And even with myself, with the best intentions and my teachers and my staff in schools, from the district office, from the principal, like all the levels, it's, it has to be a different from the outside. We have to find ways to support people differently. So those are the things where the, I think I'm trying to fill these gaps. Um, and it's, it's tough. For sure. Okay, for the audience that doesn't know this piece about you, tell us a little bit about your stint in education because you, you were in administration for many years. I know that you taught English, but tell us a little bit more about your time in education. When were you a teacher? At what years? I left like 2007 to 2020. And I'd already helped find a replacement before COVID hit. So it was the worst career ending that I did not have planned. Like that is not how so when it COVID ended. or not COVID? COVID. COVID. Okay. It was planned prior to COVID. And then I ended up having to tell my students, which it's your team, right? Like your team and your parent via Loom video. So that was awful. But that was my, my time. 2007 to 2020. Yeah, it's changed even post then. I was never in a classroom either at that time, right? So during COVID, I mean, I've been out of the classroom for quite a long time. And you left the classroom right before COVID in 2020? I finished out the COVID year online. You did finish it out. So like, no, I have no idea what, I mean, I saw it in buildings at the beginning, but I left February of 2020 was when COVID hit. And then I left in like, July of the next year. So maybe it was a year in, but mm-hmm. I took an FMLA. I was out. I was not in buildings. You couldn't be in buildings. Mm-hmm. So I think to your question, right? Like it's changed so much, even from that, that yeah. people now don't even understand what those teachers went through. Boxes and tape on the floor that you had to stand in. It was, it was really tough. Yeah. I mean, you remember, I'm sure a lot of that. Well, and of course, I was already working with school districts, too, in those follow-up years, which I still feel like we're kind of in follow-up years of COVID, but in the years directly after that 2020 outbreak, which is here in Texas, we went back to school that next year. And there were, like you said, boxes on on the ground. And yeah, it was a very unique situation. And you're right. I don't think if you weren't 
in the trenches, you do not 100% understand what those trenches look like and felt like, for sure. Yeah. For sure. Okay, so leadership-wise, though, you've led many teams, but you are now leading this new venture. Also, about what sets you apart as a leader. Well, I'm leading in several areas. Like you just, two of those are very different types of engagement. One I'm doing for myself, my own business vision, one to help somebody else build their vision. Yes. And so those are very different. And then I've got other connections and networks and opportunities opening up, right? So you have to think, I'm thinking differently about how I lead myself to help lead others through that process. Mm. And what each person in, in my work world needs is very different. And so it requires, as I lead, it requires a great amount of personal adjustment so that people can see and receive what they need to see from connecting with me working. You know, I, I don't know if you know much about the term empath, like being an empath and what that means. But for me recently, I figured out really what that means for me. And as a leader, it just, it requires a deeper, deeper level of like you sense other people's energy, you are more emotional, you know, large crowds feel awkward. You just, you should be easily anxious, you know, you know, from a couple of <laughs> right? Like I have anxiety and it's better. It's better than it's ever been, but the highs can be high and the lows can be low. They're much more far and spaced out now. But knowing that about myself and leading myself through that, I canceled some key business meetings because I couldn't go that day. I couldn't get in my car and drive. And, and I never would have done that when I was in education. And so leading, if you want others to be their best self, you have to be your best self. I mean, say it louder for the people in the back. <laughs> uh, absolutely. That is yeah. a theory that I believe in. Uh, matter of fact, my last guest that I just visited with, we talked about that too. If you aren't showing up as your best self, you can't be your best for others. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I, I love that you said everyone needs something different. Literally. And I, that's what makes a great leader with a great team function well together. Because when you, when you know that you need to show up as your best self, and to your example, I, I need to pause this meeting because I can't be my best today, which isn't always an option, like you said, also, and I get that. But being being in the fields of what you need and working to be your best self, putting in the work, which you know, I know you and I both, we've had those conversations. We've done, we keep doing. That's what you have to do as a leader. But then moving farther into how do I help my team in each of their different experiences and needs I think that that's impactful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that takes time, right? I, I'm working with this new company and there's new people that I've only interacted with virtually one time that on a team meeting. And so, and then some people are on vacation and I only started a month ago. It's only been four weeks. So not like what we had when we were in person, when we're with a team, you know, you're talking about the team and kind of leading a team. And that's what I was thinking, like, how do I build these relationships, have clear communication, 
have empathy and understanding. It's easy to get overwhelmed with this person needs that, that person, you know, go back into teacher mode and not trust people to like, eh, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it's leading teams though is such a privilege when done well. And when you, you know, you're all rowing and you like accomplish something together that you wouldn't have had before, like that, that's why I never understood solopreneurship. Right. Like I know Justin Welsh and some of those big guys on Twitter and on LinkedIn. And right. I was at a networking event last night and met people in Chicago. It was awesome. Right. I'm doing some good virtual connections today. Like that, that's what it's about. I agree. I like in person a ton. Yeah. Well, and like you, I think relationships are really, really important. They're the the crux of what makes a team work, in my opinion. And as a leader, you don't know what your people need if you aren't building that relationship. Just exactly what you said. How do you personally, because I know everyone has a strategy for this, but I'm so excited to hear yours. How do you build those relationships virtually since that's kind of the world a lot of us are living in now? That's a great question. I'll be interested to hear like what you do too, like in comparing <laughs> notes, right? Because I... I know there are people with like serious, like reach out connection commitment and they have like five reach outs a day or, you know, like I have seen yeah. posts and stuff that people like are serious to a structure. And I, I think there's pros and cons with that. I've tried some structures. I've tried, you know, networking, but I tend to do best spontaneously. And I, I don't go in like a daily cadence. I go in an ebb and a flow. And I think that's also because maybe that's amount of relationships or the way I'm feeling right now. Okay. I got a little capacity to have some new network connections. Oh, I don't really, I don't have the energy. I'm, I've got a couple things. I'm really feeling connected with these people here. So I kind of just go in a, uh, which is why just the every day that's so surface, the relationships to me would just be a little surface. It's also about right, taking risks. I just met a huge, huge network connect in person by randomly asking a stranger if I could share my vision with. And that's a no whole other story where that opened up opportunities. But I couldn't have known who this guy was, right? And where there might be synergies and opening up of, of new connections. So I think you have to, there's a lot of that. Like I know you and I know each other from LinkedIn and that's my main social platform. So I don't know you should be on Instagram if you're not, by the way, because you're so yes. Instagram, Facebook, and yeah. LinkedIn. Yeah. So, but you know, you know how there's, how, how it kind of works there. And so I think there's also different ways to, you know, show who you are and, and do it social connect that way. And in person, finding, going on meetup, meetups and, you know, just trying people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I've experienced the same thing as you. There was a time that I tried really hard to be committed because I have a couple of LinkedIn connections that are that way. They're very committed. They spend an hour a day on connecting. And I, of course, me, new business life, two children, all the balance, being on the road when I do speaking stuff and having that mix makes it really hard for me to stay consistent in that space. But I also find if I let myself just be spontaneous that I kind of fall off. So I'm having, I'm having to kind of go, okay, so for the week, this is what we, we're going to try to do this piece somewhere. 
maybe it doesn't work for an hour a day or, you know, six to seven every morning. But what does that look like? And I love that you said my capacity. I have to look at what my capacity is because I think that changes in seasons. Right now, I'm, we're recording in summer season and I'm at home with two small children. So right now, that season is harder to balance how much time I'm able to spend working, working. So then I have to choose the things that I work on for my business. And sometimes the first thing to go are those connections and stuff. But, you know, fitting it in somewhere, wherever my capacity can put it in. I love that you said that. But, you know, when I work with teens that, that bring me in to work with their groups and they are spread out and having to work virtually, that is a question that I get often because part of what I talk about is how powerful and crucial relationships are. So when you're saying it's got to be a virtual relationship, and I, I worked with a company and they were from all over the nation. And they, flew, they flew everybody in for their retreats and we're all sitting in a room together. And for some of them, that was the first time they'd ever met in person. And I'm sitting here talking about how important these relationships are. And they're like, hey, we struggle with doing that on our team's calls. Like, well, of course you do. I still think it's harder online. It is. Yeah, it definitely is. It, finding ways to have authentic, trusting virtual connections. And that's why I would say a hybrid approach when you can do it is great, great. which is why like traveling or with this team. I'm not ready to recommend it yet with the founder. We've got some, we still have trust to build ourselves. I've got some more trust to go with the team. Can't do it all in one day, but they need to have an offsite and they need to come together. I can already feel it. I can already sense. I'm already in my head starting to plan out like, okay, Stacey, you've led education leadership teams. How might you, uh, because here's what I also know about going from schools to um, the business world. It's a real slow play. There's not a whole lot of politics or anything when you do it right and you have integrity. It's all relationship. It's all trust. People trust you. And then they're like, okay, yeah, connect to this person in my network. Yeah, okay, that's cool. So mm -hmm. if you can have FaceTime with people, then, and they do. I mean, you can do that virtually too, but like getting in a space with people is, is different. Different yeah. too. So, you know, try to have a little of both. Uh, but quite with online is, you know, as teachers have genuine time, have opportunities. I was working with one of the members of this team. People were on vacation. We were back and forth for three days to get something to a deadline. And I could have said, I'm new. I'm the consultant here. No, that's not. I mean, we're right. So, and now I've got some social capital, some relational capital, got to talk about her thought, you know, like things happen. But so if you do have to go virtual and you do want to build trusting business relationships, I do think it looks, looks a little different in business. The friendship, you can kind of. Sure. You know, sure. People aren't making virtual friends, really. Like they're not doing it for friendship. Maybe, maybe at least not through like a Zoom or maybe, through, you know, not through her app. Well, I do think there's this opportunity to think outside the box, though, that we're seeing right now. I think COVID pushed us there, right? COVID pushed us to that's online. And then yeah. forums like LinkedIn have blown up to what they are. And connections, like even us, 
when, and we were talking before the call, like, oh, I, I remember when we did little video chats in between yeah. Yeah. business, right? And for me, that is why, oh man, I love Stacey. Her energy is incredible. Her knowledge is incredible. I love that she's got the education better. Like all these things that I know about you and I can feel about you because of our, our silly little video messages. I mean, that's an avenue, right? Huh? Being fed, meeting on, I know that you said friendships are probably not as authentic online, which is probably a truth. But if we're talking about business and or virtual classroom life, if you know, that, that's a space that you're in university world, then I still think there's an opportunity for Zoom meetups and things that you can do. Of course, I still am a huge advocate of handwritten notes, which you yeah. don't have a person for. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of cool ways that are are surfacing to build those virtual relationships. But what you said resonated with me. You can't do it all in one day. No matter what, in person or it's online, you can't do it all in one day. You have to be willing to put in the time, whether it's sporadic or consistent, whether it's I'm dedicating to it every single day or I'm going to squeeze this in my week somewhere. It might not be Wednesday every single week, but you have to dedicate to the time. And when you're smart, right? A smart, competent individual like we are, you can see how you can like chop, 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 get things done. And right. But you can't. And so give your, to your point, the online's not going anywhere. People prefer to be in their home, right? Like it's not, that isn't going to change. And so if, if you're working in that space where people only are on international teams, right? Mm-hmm. Have local I'm a part of a community that I love and it's for tech founders and startup space. And when somebody's in Chicago, somebody posts on the Slack group and people like say, let's, let's meet up for a drink. And so I do feel like when you have opportunities or you like for you, you travel and speak. So those communities that you're a part of connect people, invite people, think local chapters. I don't know, maybe local chapters, in-person chapters of whatever type of digital community. Because uh, if I know we're aligned, you and I meeting up would seem cool, right? Absolutely. Oh my yeah. gosh. I hope someday we get to do that. Yeah. Well, I, that's, why I, that's why I said I was jealous, not jealous, but like it was, it was awesome that you got to meet Jen in person and go yes. grocery shopping with her and she pushes your cart like... Like, oh, I mean, don't do that. that. When we're did not push my cart, maybe or she, she did. Push oh. her cart. I don't know. I thought I saw the link to the grocery store when I was. I, I saw the LinkedIn post and I thought it was amazing. It was. Uh, because, like I told you, she just is one of those person. I've only met her virtually. I never got to meet her in real life. So yeah. yes, I'd love to meet you in real life. For the record, she was uh, even better in real life than in oh. person. I'm sure you are too, which is why I'm all for still finding a space with the hybrid model of yeah. Yeah. put your time into finding space with people in person because I think it's really impactful. And I think relationships are the crux of being an incredible leader. I think relationships are the crux of continuing to grow as an individual or as a team. Yeah. Love that. Okay, so is there anything, Stacey, that you want to make sure you send home any messages that for the leaders listening. And of course, there are leaders of all kinds. There, there are moms leading their kids at home. There are teachers leading their classrooms. There are CEOs leading their boardrooms. What message do you hope to send home to these leaders? 
there are no qualifications to leadership. Like you get to choose. You get mm-hmm. to choose. And, you know, you come to a place in your life where you decide what works for you. And you get to create that life for yourself. And like through our conversations, sometimes it's with meeting with people in person and sometimes that drains you. And so you're like, I'm only doing virtual for the next week because I've had enough of in-person people or whatever it is. And so you get to continually evolve what you are learning and integrating into your life. When I learned yesterday or I messed up on yesterday, I can own today and move on. And I don't have to like hear about what said, who said it, none of it. Like it really doesn't matter. Of course, I don't want somebody holding anything, right? We can communicate openly and honestly, but you get to decide. There are no qual. That to me, that to me is leadership because when you can do that for yourself, I'm doing that for myself. I can show others how to do that. And at the end of the day, I will always be a teacher. That is what teachers do. They teach others how to see what they can't see, live their best life, be who they believe they can be. It's no different than I was in my classroom. So me too. Don't forget that. Oh my God, me too. I love I love that I'm not alone in that space. I'll always be a teacher every room I walk into. Yeah. It's also why when I do speaking stuff, I'm like, okay, but for the learners who need the video and the visual, and for the learners who need to be... Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't break it. Okay. So top three takeaways. I have three takeaways of yours that I think are incredible. One takeaway from you today is the power of relationship, virtual or in person. Number two is think about your capacity and what you need so that you can lead yourself first and take care of you, even if that means taking meetings off of your calendar because it's not what's best that day. And I know that that's hard. I know I've got like principals listening going, wait, it doesn't work that way. I know, I know, I know, but just in theory. And then number three is that everyone needs something different and just be aware of that on your team. What great takeaway. This is why you, you're on here. You are a podcast hostess with the mostest with, I mean, I have never seen a more coordinated background with like the the headband it's almost like straight out of the 1960s and i am here for all of it love you love it i mean your earrings it's i I like it's so perfect it's not perfect let's just like do like the no don't just let this let the viewer let the viewer have a a moment of treat like it's all so nice moment is here i look put together stacy said it you all heard it Yes, truth is that the hair underneath I worked out and it was so sweaty. I had to put a headband on. Okay. The other truth is that earrings and lipstick can make anybody look good. Okay. Those pieces are real and I I do not look, I only look. Do your armpit smell. I mean, that's the real question. Oh my gosh. If you do, it's a good chat. I mean, that's, that's a good chat. I I did good deodorant. Left one stinks a little bit. (laughs) I'm just saying. There's friends for that. I didn't shower last night. I was too tired. Third third key takeaway that you're getting from Julie and Stacey today, besides just our authentic conversation, (laughs) uh, you got to show up as your real selves. I mean, back to the dime. um, Yeah. Do you have a challenge? What is a challenge that we can walk into our week with because of you today? 
Well, first, thank you. I'm honored that you would, you know, ask me to have space in your life and I can give you a challenge. Always. And it was just so nice to be welcomed here. So thank you. Thank you for coming. Yeah. So I'll challenge you with this. You know what your challenge is. And I'd also challenge you with this opposing thought, which is, it's not that. <laughs> You're going to think it's that, the thing that always pops up, the thing that always pops up, the thing that like, but if you allow yourself to dig a little deeper, I heard a great book on NPR. They were trying, it's like, it was something about instead of climbing the ladder, start digging it down deeper. I was like, just that metaphor in business, right? And so you know that spot and then ask, or ask yourself a coaching question, a hard question. Why is this so important to you? But if you walk away with that, you'll, you will have challenged yourself to go a level deeper. I love that. That's beautiful. Okay, I always end with a quote. Yeah. Give me favorite quote. What is it, Stacey? My favorite quote is education is the most powerful weapon we can use to change the world. And that is Nelson Mandela. And if you think about what that man has gone through, and he knows when people understand both from their head and their heart, amazing. So favorite quote. I love that. Thank you for sharing that with us. And thank you for sharing you with us. And thank you for being a part of my LinkedIn life and my online friend circle. And I can't wait to meet you in person someday. Me too. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much, Stinky. Okay. Bye-bye.